Uh, I'm joined by David Coleman, Dr. David Coleman, clinical psychologist, um, uh, O'Connor resident, neighbour and friend. And uh, and David is heard regularly on RTE with, uh, can be heard with uh, Ryan Tuberty. No, and Claiborne. Claiborne, sorry, Claiborne on, um, uh, during the week and has a column in the Irish Independent as well. Um, I'm just in the, the farmers, farming independent. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we don't meet in the same department. Anyway. <laughs> David, we're here to talk about fatherhood. We're all three fathers here, Jim Collins, myself and yourself, and um, tomorrow is Father's Day. And is it just another Hallmark feast where Hallmark cards make a make a mint out of, uh, or is there any, another significance to it, do you think? Oh, I don't think there's much significance to it, really. I, okay. No, I think it is just a Hallmark feast. I mean, fatherhood, I mean, fatherhood is a very significant thing. Um, but Father's Day, I'm not sure other than perhaps, yeah, maybe some acknowledgement of the fact that fathers are there. For some, it might be a reminder, a little wake up call. You know, you are actually a father. There's the card. We yeah. proved that to you now. Um, and then, but for, for most fathers, I don't think it's particularly a, a big thing, you know, to have it recognised. Okay. Um, but I mean, fatherhood definitely is something worth celebrating. Yes. Um, but I'm not sure that Father's Day does that celebration in the way in which it was intended. But um, yeah. yeah, we were talking earlier on and we just mentioned that maybe fatherhood has undergone or, may, or maybe it hasn't undergone something of a transformation because the, 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 the traditional picture of father was the, the austere breadwinner. And mm. wait till your father comes home. And when the father comes home, came home from work yeah, or whatever, the dynamic in the house changed. But it was a kind of a nasty or more distant. Mm. And now we like to think that fathers are more hands on. Yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, there are probably a lot of fathers who are much more hands on, certainly with the child rearing than they ever were. Um, but I think still, it's certainly, you know, Ireland as a, if you look at the broadest sense of Ireland, and, and of course, there's so much variety and, um, yeah, diversity in Ireland now, but I think it's still pretty traditional, uh, even here in Ireland. I think it's more, most fathers probably see their primary role to be out there earning money for their family. And then a secondary role is child rearing and then somewhere tertiary, maybe if there's a bit of time, an out chore or two. Um, but, uh, you know, more likely that they'll be out there doing some chore for themselves outside in their shed, in their wherever <laughs> or with their friends, <laughs> wherever they, the they can shed. get away with it. Yeah. 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 And yeah, we were, you were just saying that there's a, a frightening figure that women are still uh, in terms of uh, while, while men might be giving a hand with the child rearing in terms of domesticity and the domestic chores that the, 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 the figures are still rather stark. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I knew the exact figure, but every time I read it, I think, God, is it really still that bad? It's somewhere in or around, I think, women shoulder 80% of the burden, give or take, um, of, of domestic tasks around the house. And so that is, you know, all the kind of the cooking, cleaning, um, that's still very much seen as, as a role that women will take on. And, and I think if there's a... You know, when there are two parents in the family, you know, even though, yeah, I think fathers probably do play more of a role, you know, and they'll and they'll do more of their bit. But I think when we do it, um, and maybe this is just me now, but I think when we do it, we like to know, know have it noticed that we've yes, done it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, no, I did. I did all that washing up there. Yeah, I don't know if you saw, like, the dishwasher's actually full now. Yeah. Um, yeah and yeah. so you, just a little casual reminder just to let people know is that, that you've because, actually done. Is that because we possibly feel guilty as men that we don't do enough? That we want uh, our partners to know. Yeah, I don't know. Is it guilt or just the fact that because we're so, um, you know, men don't multitask generally. So so if we have one job, like, I mean, I can remember certainly when my own kids were small, 
um, my wife would come in or if she was going out, she'd say to me, look, you know, now I'm heading away and, you know, you are now in charge. You know, you're looking after all the kids, all the kids. Just a reminder because there was one time when I forgot about one of our kids. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and so when she'd come back, you know, uh, she'd say, oh, how did everything go? And I was like, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, they're all in bed now. You know, no problems, you know, whatever. And she said, yeah, I see the load of washing still sitting there. I kind of left it by the machine. I'd be like... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah that's fine. I didn't. No, it's okay. Nobody, nobody <laughs> tripped over it. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah. Um. But I think the point she was trying to make was that you know, if I was back home with the kids, then I should also be shouldering all these other chores around the house. Where it's, mm-hmm. I think I probably felt like, well, I'm looking after the kids. That's my job. So yes, I was yes, doing my job. Yeah. I did it very well. The washing wasn't on the list. Well, the washing wasn't on the list exactly. <laughs> and so I, I think that's probably the difference between you know mothers and fathers when it comes. Mothers, I think, see everything as their kind of job and responsibility. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think fathers tend to see, well, what's exactly, as you say, Jim, what's on my list, you know? I remember when our eldest daughter Ellen was born, when and I was late to fatherhood. I was I was thirty, no, I was forty when she was born. But I remember I'd say to Louise, I'd say, um, "Is the baby all right?" And she'd say, "Jim, the baby has a name. It's (laughs) Ellen." And it took me a while to, to actually see that this is actually a person, another human being, you know, mm. that, that, that it's, a, yeah. it seems to be a longer journey for men, I, or maybe it was just me. Yeah, so one interesting fact that is borne out by research is that babies, when they're born, um, will almost always look like their father, so that fathers can't disown them. My God. Yeah. So if you look at almost every newborn, they will be 90% closer to looking like their father. Now, over time, um, they'll develop a lot of their mother's features as well. Um, but certainly when they come out of the womb, they're primed to look like the dad. And yes. that's, so a, that's a built-in nature. That's a built-in, that's nature, yeah. Defense mechanism. Yeah, yeah, for humans, yeah. So that we, so that we, we feel a sense of responsibility for this tiny tot. Um, and, and so but how we do the, you know, the mothering and the fathering, like it's very different. And I mean, there's lots of generalizations, I think, that we're kind of used to, you know, and, and we see mothers perhaps as more nurturing, warmer, kinder. We see fathers as maybe not necessarily austere, but certainly as perhaps a little bit more distant, a little bit more structured, a little bit more about the plan. Um, and, and so in an ideal world, then you get a balance, of course, between a mother and a father. But, um, but you know, more and more, I think we have expectations of fathers that they're going to provide more of the nurturing, more of the kindness, more of the softness. And I, that's no harm um, because I think we need to, as fathers, be able to deliver that to our kids. Kids yeah. need that as role model. They need to see that men have a, a breath mm-hmm. of emotional response um, yeah. because I think that's useful for kids if they're to develop their own emotional responses. They've got to see it coming from their, their fathers and their mothers. And um, I mean, I think it's interesting when you, you know, you look at separated families. And so there you see fathers in isolation without a, a mother there because, uh, you know, I think sometimes fathers will curb the worst excesses of a mother and mothers will curb the worst excesses of a father. But, you know, when, when parents separate, often you get like pure fathering, um, which can be great or it can be, you know, less than adequate. And and so I think that's a, probably a bigger challenge yeah. uh, sometimes for fathers when they have to do the whole thing without a, a mother there as well. Because, like I say, it's it's usually a good balance. And so some of the stuff that we, you know, get bothered by, maybe, you know, when we're nagged about this or nagged about that. But those are the kinds of reminders sometimes that we need, that there's actually more to our job as a father than simply just turning up, you know, at six, seven, yeah. eight yeah. o'clock in the evening, you know, and delivering whatever bits mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, being gone again the next yeah. morning. I, I remember when, um, back in 2004, when our youngest was born, 
I was, Louise was on maternity leave and I had been working on Raid McGuinness's election campaign. And when that was over, we decided who, at the end of the summer, whoever had the, the best job would go back to work. And Louise had the best job at the end of the summer. So, but it took me quite a few years to, to cop on to the fact that now this is your primary role. Mm-hmm. You know, when people ask me what I did, oh, I said I do a bit of writing and I do a bit of this. And it took me a while. And I remember going as well, going into shops when I'd be, when I, when I was looking after the kids and dropping and you know, picking them up and taking them to, to music and all kinds of things. And I'd get change out of my pocket and there'd be hair clips. And they were all girls, three girls I had. There'd be hair clips and bobbins and all that kind of stuff. And people would look at me as if I was a weirdo, you know. And so after a while, I became, became bulgy about the fact that I am actually a, a father, a full-time mm. father. But it did take me uh, some time to, to make that shift mentally that this yeah. is my main job. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I think, you know, what we have to do ultimately as fathers is find value and worth in that yeah. um, and recognize that that is an absolute, an absolutely worthy occupation. And, and that, that, you know, fulfilling that role, particularly if you are there as the primary carer and, and you know, because somebody has to be there. Well, in my idealized world, it'll be a parent who'll be there doing the full time care. I mean, I think, you know, the, the way things have shifted in society generally, where we rely more on, on outside childcare now, I think is not great for kids. I think, you know, if we were doing more of the childcare ourselves, um, I think children would benefit from it. But, you know, that's the way the world has turned. But um, because it's such a such an important role, you know, you, you know, your kids really only have kind of like one chance in terms of their development, you know. Um, So better that that if we brought them into the world, that we're there, you know, doing the the biggest load of the work. I wonder if if there's, while both parents obviously have a role all the time, are there, is there any evidence to suggest that at a particular time in a child's life, uh, the mother has a, a more important function and the father maybe comes into his own at, a, at another stage? Or is that just part of traditional, maybe, that it, the, the, the mother looked after the child when they were very small and the father yeah, so it's, later it's, on? No, I don't think, I don't think, no, because I think, you know, fathers need to be there all the time. But what we do know, you know, from research is that fathers will interact with their children in a very different way to the way mothers will interact with their children. Like if you look at um, most women who pick up a baby, a small baby, you know, say we say a four month old, five month old, um, you know, they'll be the ones uh, who will be absolutely, you know, cuddling that child in close, you know, probably uh, up to their breast and so on. Um, you know, you get a man to do the same and the man will forget about the fact that maybe this baby can't quite hold its head up and they'll be they'll have the baby sitting up and they'll be, you know, <laughs> yeah. on the knee and the knee will be jiggling a bit and they'll be looking for a bit of a smile and a reaction from the baby. And, you know, so so even the fact that that men expect different things from their children uh, in terms of of interacting with them in a in a more physical way, I think. And is that uh, a learning process for men? It, no, no, because I think again, it, it's it's quite instinctive. But but children need that as well, because if if babies were never, you know, put in that situation where they m- might have to support their own, how are they going to learn to support their own head weight? You know, um, and so yeah, so I think it's you know what, again, you look at you know when when fathers play with toddlers. 
they end up getting quite frustrated because toddlers, you know, are quite independently minded, but so are most fathers. And so uh, you put two of them in a room and the father wants to structure the play for the child. No, 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 no. We're building. Yeah, that's not how you do it now. Hold on. No, just give me that block there. Yeah. No, 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 no. The red one. You don't know red. OK, just give me give me all those blocks. Just. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. You just play over there now for a second. No, just go over there and play with that thing, you know, and then the dad will build whatever it is. So it'll look good. Yeah. Uh, you know, whereas you put the, uh, the mother in the in same situation. Situation and the mother is playing in a very different way. They're probably following their child around, just commenting on what the child is doing. Oh, look at you. And you've got the red blocks. Oh, gee, you've thrown that one right across the room. Oh, my goodness. Look at that yeah. now. That's gone right across the room. What are you going to do about that? You know, whereas the dad be like, don't be throwing that over there. No, 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 no. Bring that back over here. You yeah. know. Yeah. So, again, not a bad thing, but but equally, I think it's just about, um, you know, so kids get this different interaction and, and that's healthy for children to get that mix. And can that be taught or learned or how do men make that transition to, 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 to allowing the, the child that space? Yeah, I think it does sometimes need um, somebody to, you know, observe what's going on and, and tell some dads, look, you know, maybe don't try and, you know, tell them what to do all the time. You know, now, yeah. again, when children are small, of course, it's quite natural for parents to micromanage everything that they do. Mm-hmm. But of course, the whole process of parenthood is about letting go of that role we have of making decisions for our kids and giving them increasing responsibility for their own decision making. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, so, so you know, if fathers are too directive and, and too intrusive, then absolutely it's helpful when somebody says, look, you know, you can do this a different way. Like, But yeah. again, you know, how you approach a father, certainly I know the work that I do, um, I'm forever, you know, advising obviously parents and um, but how I'll approach fathers in terms of giving them advice has to be really careful because they take huge offence uh, when they're given unasked for advice. Most people do, but fathers in particular. Right. Um, so unless they're coming in cap in hand saying, look, I'm really struggling now. I don't quite know what to do with this kid. Like yeah. he's really he's breaking my heart and, you know, all we're doing is fighting and, you know, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? That's a perfect introduction for me to say, well, here's what you could do. Yeah. But if they're coming in going, look, he's a tearaway, like he's just, you know, he's he's total trouble, like, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that lad is trouble. Like, what he's, are you going to do? He's what? the problem. The yeah. focus is on the child. And yeah. so then yeah. for me to say, well, maybe some of this is actually about your interaction with them and how you do your business as a father. Um, it requires great care to not offend the dad, but mm-hmm. also at the same time, point out the real difficulty, perhaps in how they're interacting that, well, look, if you're constantly finding fault with him, sure, it's no wonder he probably feels really hurt by that and offended and doesn't like it. And, and then, you know, either gets mad with you or withdraws from you. And so maybe you want to try doing that differently, maybe be less critical and, and see how that goes. Maybe maybe look to find things that he's doing well and give him a lot of positive feedback, see how that goes. Yeah. Um, and so... It, you know, for sure, I think we all, but then, you know, it's not even just fathers. I think we all need it. In, yeah, in, yeah. Sure, you get that in most jobs as well, you know. Yes. So well, I know in the, in the teaching profession, one of the, the things that we would have learned in, in courses and that would be that ignore bad behavior as best you can mm. uh, and continually praise good behavior. And it's it's the, the reaction then should be that the good behavior will increase and the the bad behavior will decrease yeah. but it's easier said than done uh, it's always absolutely easier said than done i mean i think the you know that kind of shaping of behavior obviously requires that you're good at spotting the good behavior as well um, and then if you're if you're shaping a child's behavior, you also have to be able to really label the good behavior that you're seeing. Oh, you brought your dish over to the counter. Good man. That's great. That's great. And sure, now you can pop it into the dishwasher as well. 
as opposed to, um, you know, not even noticing that they brought it over to the counter. And you're like, what's that doing up there? Why is it not in the dishwasher? Put that yeah. in the dishwasher. <laughs> I told you to clear away the stuff, you know. I just hear myself. <laughs> right. And I just say, what is wrong with the long two-foot journey from the counter down? <laughs> <laughs> That's <what> that <laughs> Just as well, they're all out of now. Absolutely, <laughs> they're out of the As you talk, I'm just thinking of all the mistakes. I mean, how how they're anyway f- the normal at all at the end. But, of but it. now that they're adult, they probably still don't bring it to the yes to the countertop. But, but they won't do it at home. They will do it everywhere else. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's amazing. You know, you yeah. look at your kids in in other circumstances and the things that they do, and you think, why don't they do that at home? But it's just, it's like everything else is because we have such habits built up. You know, yeah. such habits and, and they're, you know, legendary. Like, I mean, you know, like Michelle is away at the moment and I was passing through our bedroom about six times before I noticed that, oh, shit, all my clothes are still on the floor there. I I actually have to bring those to the laundry basket. <laughs> yes. <'cause> yeah. <laughs> I'm so used to Michelle just gathers everything up on her way, whatever. You yeah, know? yeah. She doesn't pass through a room without picking something up. Yeah. Whereas, well, I know yeah. my yeah. children have their own houses or no, but um, you go to their house, you go to one of my daughter's houses, you know, and it's perfect. And like if you leave a mark on the floor or anything, they'll be after you to clean it up. Whereas when they come home for the weekend hmm. uh, and it bears out what you say, you know, when Can they come different. home for the weekend, it's different. The, the other thing is the nature of family has changed, you know, and there there are as many families and types of families almost that are mm. people. So you, there's the other thing of being a, a stepfather mm. is, a, it, you know, it, it's a huge part of the, of the reality of family life now as, as we talk. So there are real challenges there. There are, particularly uh, stepfathering is, uh, yeah, absolutely difficult because uh, as a stepfather, you never want to undermine the father, uh, you know, in in the child's eyes. You don't want, uh, you're not trying to replace the father. You're there as an add-on. You're you're an added bonus, um, you know, as a stepfather. And I think if if you come into the role with that idea that actually you're just going to be a good enough man and you're going to give good enough role modeling about this is how men interact, this is how men, you know, treat women, this is how men uh, interact with the world, this is, you know, these are the kinds of things that men do. And, and hopefully all those are, are good, positive role models. Um, that's your role as a stepfather. You're not trying to be, you know, this child's replacement father. Yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, children respect that. They appreciate it then. And, and so typically, um, you know, when you have that kind of a role, you know, you'll find that, um, yeah, you'll be accepted. I mean, it may also be, though, as well, of course, depending on the stage of uh, your relationship with the, the child's mum, that um, you can also be perceived as a real threat by the child because one of the things that stepfathers do is they tend to take the mother's affection away. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of stepfathers, um, you know, they'll be there because of the mum. That's the reason that they're in this family now, because they've fallen in love with the mum. And so um, for children, though, that can be really anxiety provoking because maybe maybe their mum is going to love this man more than they love me. And so um, and so often then they can be quite rejecting of any man coming in for that reason. And, and so, you know, if, if you're coming into a family as a stepfather, you have to be aware of that, not kind of mm-hmm. not get too stressed over it, just accept it, you know, live with it for a little while until you can show that you're not a threat, that mm-hmm. actually you're just an add on, you're just a bonus to the family. You're not actually taking anything away. Yeah. And then there's the challenge, we'll say, of the estranged father or the father who is not in the house where mm-hmm. his children are, you yeah. know, and, you know, you know, in, in many cases, an amicable, amicable separation and mm-hmm. lives have changed. And the challenge of that father to remain in, 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 in contact and to remain a father. 
Yeah, it's very difficult because, you know... Well, he will remain a father, obviously. Well, obviously he'll remain a father. remain relevant. Yeah, and and I suppose be able to feel like he's doing his role as a dad. And um, But I think the big thing really is, is just to acknowledge then that it's not all about trying to make amends for the fact that you're not there. So I think a lot of fathers feel a lot of guilt that the separation has happened, perhaps, irrespective of, you know, what was the primary force behind the separation. But but if they're the parent who isn't, you know, living with the kids most of the time, I think, you know, they, they feel like, well, you know, my kids are deprived of me as they are. Um, but they to make amends for that, it's almost like they only want to do nice things, good things. You know, yes. they want to spoil their kids a little mm-hmm. bit. And of course, that can set up its own difficult dynamic. So again, it's a real balance to find, you know, between, you know, being there and, and having good fun times with your kids and, and creating this positive relationship, but also being a regular father and still having to set the limits, you know, hold the line, have expectations of your kids. Because if you look at parenting styles, the most effective parenting style is one that has uh, where a parent has high levels of expectations of their kids, um, but also high levels of um, emotional connection with their Mm -hmm. kids as well. And so, you know, most, again, traditional fathers in an Irish setting probably were high on the expectations, high on the rule setting and and maybe low on the emotional connection and weren't necessarily that responsive to their children's needs. And and so I think as a, you know, if you're a single parent, then it's critically important that you do try and balance that. You know, you can't you can't be a mother to your children if you're a father. You just can't. You, you'll always be a father to them. There may be additional nurturing things that you have to do when you're on your own with yeah. your kids, but you're never going to be trying to replace their mother either. And so I guess that's the bit for, for any of us. It's the same, you know, in, in really tragic situations where a parent has died. You know, you're not trying to replace the role of the other person and uh, but what you are trying to do perhaps is balance out some of the things that mightn't be your forte mightn't be your strong point in terms Mm -hmm. of whether that be the emotional connection or whether that be the if you were the one who was always the good time guy and never set a rule in your life and and didn't really hold your kids to account for anything then you're going to have to start doing that if you're the single parent with them um, but for most dads, I would say it's probably the the the, ban- the other side. It's it's actually bringing up the emotional connection, the emotional responsiveness that we have to work a bit harder on. Yeah. So it's it's so it can, it's 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 a, it's a real challenge. That can be a challenge as well. I remember one time Maeve saying to me, "How come you always say yes, 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 yes?" And Mammy always says, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I played the soft the soft role too. The much soft touch. Well, yeah. it's for balance. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's why. That's why. Sure, you can't only be hearing the no. You can't yeah. only be hearing yeah. the yes. So between the two, two we had a down path. Yeah. Good, hopefully. <laughs> I just I suppose there's there's um I suppose people would say we can fall into st- is there is there a danger of falling into stereotypes in terms of father and mother? You know, are there stereotypes or are there distinct roles or is it a work in progress for humanity trying to find out? No, there are there are stereotypes and those stereotypes though, are very strongly reinforced, you know. Um, and so like we, we almost encourage fathers and mothers to take on certain kinds of roles. And so, um, you know, when 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 parents interact with their kids, you know, you'll find... For example, you'll find a lot of uh, grandparents coming along going, what are you doing? You're spoiling that child now. You put yeah. that child down. You don't be carrying them around all the time to a father, for example. Yes. Um, when in fact, that could be exactly what that child needs just to be with their parent and to feel that that connection, that closeness. Um, you know, whereas if it's a mother carrying the child, maybe they wouldn't have said the same thing. And so so there are stereotypes that we fall into. And, and a lot of those are gendered. Um, you know, the things we expect from men, things we expect from women. And that applies to how they do their business as parents as well. So yeah. um, and they're very strongly socially reinforced from a, you know, 
you know, from as soon as you have kids, you know. Yeah. So would you have a final word for fathers uh, as we move into celebrating Father's Day? Uh, so I know I, I kind of poo-pooed the idea of Father's Day, but I, I mean, I think, as I say, the role of fatherhood is so critically important and, and your kids need you. They need your time and they need your attention. Uh, they need your love, but they also need your guidance. And, and so how you deliver all of that, I think, is a complicated business. I think that's how I make my business, actually, now that I think of it, (laughs) giving people advice on how to manage that. But but I think, you know, just having that engagement, recognizing that you're an important figure for your kids is what's critical. If if you know you're an important figure, then they're going to value you as an important figure. So, yeah, enjoy the day tomorrow. Hopefully you get a bit of an L lion. That's great. And hopefully after this discussion, we'd all get nice messages from our uh, offspring tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> or we might get a call saying, what did you say that for? Yes. <laughs> or a reminder to David, you're off to Colonara very quickly. What are you? I am. Well, I run. So over the summer, I run uh, what's called Headspace Adventures with uh, another colleague. So she's an adventure um, instructor and I suppose I'm a psychologist and therapist. So we run adventure therapy camps for teenagers. Um, so we run them for a week at a time and we take teenagers between the ages 13, 16 away so that's where I'm heading up okay. to Canamara now straight away from here okay. for the next three weeks hopefully we get a bit of decent weather so much for the heat wave that never happened yesterday never happened yes. Yes. misery anyway well listen David thanks a million ladies and gentlemen David Coleman Dr David Coleman clinical psychologist giving us his words of wisdom here as we prepare to celebrate Father's Day and have we a song we have blame Jim for this now David uh, <laughs> it's, it's Madonna and Papa don't preach ah, very apt very apt <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> 